This is the Comstock Report Podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets. And now, here's your host, David Cruz. This is David Cruz with the Comstock Report on the grains. I am optimistic as to what the quarterly stocks report ought to show relative to consumption. In order to sell and ship as much as we have for export this early in the season, the grain and soy is no longer on our premises, so to speak. Feed consumption has been increasing with livestock numbers. Then again, there is always the USDA version of things. Typically, the quarterly stocks report corrects and misassumptions in USDA forecast as grain and bends is not a forecast, but is what is actually found. If USDA understates demand, it eventually shows up in the stocks report. They adjust for the previous year's crop size in the September stocks reports. Stocks reports are their confessional if they are ready to confess. USDA has lagged exports in forecast, but stocks should give them an opportunity to square the books. The trade will take a bearish stance against planting intentions. They will make the assumption that given the profitability of all crops, that farmers will rise to the occasion by finding all the acres that they can. USDA's first shot at forecasting corn and soybean acres was 92 million corn and 90 million soybeans, 182 million in total. That was 2 million more acres of corn and soybeans than U.S. farmers have ever planted before. Personally, I had gotten by pretty well year to year with little corn-on-corn yield lag until last year. Corn-on-corn underperforms corn following soybeans rotation in a drought year. Soybeans require just a little less water than corn. On my farm last year, I think that my corn-on-corn yield loss was 21%, while my soybean yield loss to drought was estimated to be 14%. Neither crop escapes the drought, but the impact is worse on corn. It is no surprise that soybeans do better than corn in a drought year. I had been corn-on-corn for years, so I'm incrementally moving back into rotation. I still will have 30% corn-on-corn this year with 40% corn in total. Last year I was 10% soybeans, and this year I'll be 60% soybeans. We are just outside the derecho region last year, but there are a few million acres that will be dealing with a huge volunteer corn population because of it. I think that will shift acres to soybeans as a result. I find it hard to see where they come up with 2 million more corn acres given the affinity to corn on corn after last year's experience. Much reliance is being put on having no prevent plant acres this year. Given current carryover stocks projections, base acreage expectations, and a trend line yield, the record combined 182 million acres of corn and soybeans barely moved the needle relative to enlarging carryover stocks. It would appear to be almost out of reach for the 2021 U.S. crops to overwhelm the demand bull market with new crop supply, and a bearish market reaction to more acres should be a buying opportunity. On the hogs, the numbers that I look to in order to explain this hog market is the pork packer margins. Hog prices went up more than pork, so the integrated packer margin was $84.92 a head, and the standard packer margin was just $13.42 a head Monday. Tyson is killing hogs and not covering kill costs, while Prestige, for example, bids up the price of hogs, which they recover as an integrated producer. Non-integrated packers may be the ones surprisingly caught in the vice. It works for me. On cattle, what the cattle market is about today is the supply of cattle relative to kill capacity. 
the Tyson fire in Kansas opened up eyes as to the inelasticity of the market relative to the restricted kill capacity. A 5,000-head plant closing swung cattle and beef markets to opposite extremes. It happened again during COVID and it is happening right now. There is a shortage of kill capacity relative to the number of cattle. Feedlots cannot get current on marketings enough to gain any market leverage for the price discovery for their cattle. The curtailed kill also produces just short of the size beef production, whereby beef supply would weigh on the product market. Therefore, beef packers have the leverage in both directions and are now managing the kill at a rate that maintains the imbalance that falls in their favor. They are reaping record margins. Some cattlemen in Nebraska are taking the bull by the horns and are building a new beef slaughter plant in North Platte. The problem is that it is just 1,100 head capacity when 5,000 is needed, and it will not be in operation until 2023. If current packers can find a way to cut their kill in the interim, nothing will change. I apologize for the pessimistic note, but until cattlemen take control of their own destiny, they're indentured servants to the packers. You've been listening to the Comstock Report. For more information on marketing opportunities, contact us at Comstock.com or call 712-227-1110. For a more complete version of the Comstock Report with hedging strategies and trade recommendations, subscribe on our website at Comstock.com or reach out to one of our risk management specialists about how we can help you protect your profits. 